I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Great to be with you today. I want to shift to some uh, election coverage here on a Tuesday. And there is actually an election happening today in the state of Wisconsin. They're having their presidential primary election uh, today. And it's uh, not without controversy. Obviously, they have uh, orders around the state of Wisconsin for folks to stay home and social distance. Uh, and so there has been some back and forth. The governor initially tried to stay the election, uh, went all the way to the Wisconsin uh, state Supreme Court. And they said, no, the uh, the election goes on. Uh, and it just it just shows me uh, and reaffirms to me how skittish the uh, courts are. The judiciary is to get involved with elections, because the moment that starts happening, uh, you can think of hanging chads and uh, you can think of elections postponed. You can look to places like Hungary uh, that has given their uh, leader a free pass to stay in office as long as needed. Uh, and all of those things, uh, I don't think, bode well for the long term health of a republic or uh, freedom in general. And so I wanted to see how those things are applying here in the state of Utah. So I invited our good friend uh, Derek Brown, uh, who is the head of the Utah Republican Party. Derek, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Boyd. Good to be on your show. So obviously this is a, a challenge and uh, is creating all kinds of things. So first, just give us an update. Uh, what's what is happening within the Republican Party? We know there is a convention scheduled about, uh, what are we, 18 days out from uh, from the convention? How, how are things lining up? Uh, what's, uh, what's happening on the Republican Party front? Well, I mean, you made the quote, uh, you said the quote earlier, when the why is big enough, the how isn't a problem. And our why as a party is very big. And so how we're executing a convention, um, you know, we, it's not without some challenges, but it's working. It's working great. And we have a large team of people and just countless volunteers who are helping make this all sort of transition seamlessly. You know, one of the constants in life is is change, and uh, and we're rolling with it. I mean, we've all known that we've needed to change, but as a state, we've really been fairly ahead of the curve. I mean, I, it's a good thing we're not Wisconsin. My uh, my good friend Andrew is the uh, is the the chair of the Republican Party there in Wisconsin, and it's a, it's a tricky sort of situation they have. But here in Utah, almost the entire state has access to mail in ballots, and so if that were Utah, you know, and if we're faced with a similar situation still as late as June. Um, ballots will be mailed to everyone. So so I think we're really ahead of the curve, and I'm excited at the progress that the uh, Republican Party is making. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. We were talking with uh, Scott Rasmussen uh, in the previous segment, and he was talking about how so often these this kind of disruption 
actually shows us that the change is already happening <laughs> and and we just need to catch up whether that's in education whether that's in voting uh and so describe to us a, a little bit for our our listeners who haven't been paying too close attention uh in terms of how the republican party again two-track system caucus and convention uh and straight uh, through signatures to the ballot what uh, things have been changing and how have you been uh keeping the process rolling well, the process is rolling because you have all these candidates who, when they signed up to file the run for office, sort of had this vision in their mind of what a campaign would look like. You know, it's, it's no different than any other campaign, right? You go out, you talk to people, you have meetings, you send out mailers, maybe you post some things on social media. And virtually overnight, it's completely changed. And, you know, some people sort of bemoan the circumstances we're in and, and complain but, but I actually think this is a net positive because, uh, really, what these elected officials do is they just solve problems, right? That's their job. And so we want the best problem solvers there are. When I served in the Utah House of Representatives, it seemed like every day was just another set of challenges. And my, my goal was, how do I solve these challenges? And so we get to witness these candidates who are all figuring out, how do I solve a problem? You know, and some of them have just literally change their campaigns like overnight and are looking for new ways to reach out to delegates. And so I think this is a great opportunity, not only to change, but for us to really get a bird's eye view of how do these folks actually solve problems? How good are they? What kind of leaders will they be? Yeah, I think that's so important. Well, we've been saying here that, uh, that this really is a chance for voters to take notes, <laughs> to see how, you know, we, we exactly. elect these folks at every level, whether it's a, it's a mayor's race, whether it's a, your local legislative representative or senator, or whether it's on the federal level or the governor's race. Uh, we, we hire these people through elections uh, for the tough times, for the crisis situation. We, it's, easy to, it's easy to lead when everything's going great. <laughs> the test is, what are you going to exactly. do in, in a crisis? And I think uh, wise voters are taking notes uh, on the people they're thinking about voting for to see how adaptable they are, how flexible they are, how strong they are in terms of their approach to things, how decisive they are. Uh, those are all good things that we should be looking for in candidates. Well, and, and we get sort of this, this front row seat to watch them actually solve a real problem. I mean, a lot of campaigns are just rhetoric and words, and I'll do this, I'll do that, you know, I'll be a good leader, I'll solve problems. Well, now each one of them has been handed a really serious problem. And this problem is really, it's, it's their problem, but it's our opportunity to look at them and say, okay, how, how do they deal with a real-life problem? And, and knowing that sort of this is a microcosm, of how they will solve that problem at a large level. I mean, we've got a really, I, I, I think as a party, we have a phenomenal crop of candidates running to be governor. You know, and you're watching our own governor right now trying to address a set of problems on a daily basis that, that changes daily, right? And it's a set of problems that he didn't anticipate. None of us did when yeah. he got elected. So I think this is a great opportunity. Yeah, fantastic. If you're just joining us, Derek Brown's on the line with us, uh, head of the Utah Republican Party. You know, I used to always hate when my teacher said this, but I think we're going to apply it to every candidate for every office, and that is solve the problem and show your work. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, and as a party, this is kind of what we're doing. We're faced with a set of problems. We're used to doing business the old-fashioned way, right? Just handshakes, face-to-face conventions and meetings. And now... Um, you know, when I was elected, I sort of had a long-term plan on how it is I wanted the, the party to change 
and adapt and utilize technology. My, you know, two to four year plan uh, got converted into a three week plan virtually overnight. And it has not been easy, but it's worked out great. And we've got a, a system in place and we'll have, we'll have our convention here in just over two weeks. And then uh, about two months after that, we'll have the primary here in Utah. So unlike Wisconsin that has a lot of these problems kind of swirling, I think in Utah we're ahead of the curve, and the Utah Republican Party certainly is. Yeah, the fantastic. Derek Brown, uh, head of the Utah GOP, thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today. Always appreciate your insight. Thanks, Boyd. All right, uh, we'll go ahead and we're going to step aside for our final break. Uh, much more to come here on KS on the Radio. Don't want to miss final segment today. Stay with us. We'll be right back. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.